Welcome to the podcast, Simple Leadership Skills for Everyone, with your hosts, executive coach and corporate trainer, Scott Sadler, and brain expert and corporate trainer, Robin Rose. For over 20 years, Scott and Robin have supported organizations, teams, and individuals across the U.S. and Canada. Their lifelong goal is to help humans design a more meaningful approach to leadership and communication through self-awareness while developing a deeper understanding of how the brain operates to let people build a healthier, happier, and more joyful life. And now, here are your hosts, Scott and Robin. All right, welcome in, everybody. I'm here with my colleague, Robin, and our topic today is breathing and the importance of the breath in leadership. And maybe you haven't connected these two before, but we're here to help you understand the importance of the thing we don't think about that we're doing all day long, which is breathing. We don't give it a second thought because we have to breathe, but in those tense situations, your body decides it's not going to breathe, which can lead to some very interesting conversations. So Robin, what, from your perspective as the national brain expert, is so important about helping people come out of fight or flight, and why is breath the key to all of that? Hey, Scott. Nice to see you this morning. You too. Oh, well, I like to remind people that whereas we can go for 25 to 30 days without food, we can go for four to seven days without water. The non-thinking part of the brain, the brain stem, can go a couple minutes without oxygen, but the part of the brain that needs to think and be accurate and stay calm, it needs oxygen every eight seconds. And what is so interesting about us, uh, and actually this is true for all mammals that have this brain stem, is uh, what happens is exactly what you just said. We either tense up or we have a fear-based thought, a worry, a concern, an upset, a criticism. And within eight seconds of either having that external stressor or the internal stressor, unless we know how to override it, we actually change our breathing pattern and we go to a high, shallow, chest or clavicle breathing, usually 15 to 30 breaths a minute. But what we need to stay in the calm, accurate, compassionate, funny part of our brain is low, slow breaths, four to six breaths a minute. And most of us are not aware that we make this shift the moment we become concerned about something. Well, I noticed I made the shift to slower breathing as you were talking about it. So I think the power of suggestion is at play here. (laughs) I know that uh, using exactly what you just described with clients in conflict, with um, work workers maybe who are having uh, a difference of opinion um, that they can't seem to get through, that it's very helpful to prep them by asking them to slow down their breathing and not really think just breathe for a minute, just breathe for a moment and calm. And the effects I've seen as an executive coach are amazing. I don't know the science behind it like Robin does, and she can explain that better than I. I just know that the results from asking people to to breathe for a moment lets people engage differently than even 
three minutes before. And uh, it's, it seems really basic, but if you are in stress and you can stop and just take two to three deep breaths, it seems like it changes your perspective, Robin. Well, it does because it's actually changing our biochemistry. Whenever we are upset and hurried or worried, we actually have engaged our fight or flight system, our sympathetic system. And that part of the brain um, keeps us moving forward in a survival, I have to uh, overcome things Mm -hmm. type of uh, mode. But when we breathe in a lower, slower way, we signal the brain that we are safer and our parasympathetic system kicks in and our neurotransmitters, hormones, chemicals, compounds, they actually change. And they change from that hurry up and get going and overcome anything to step back and pause and plan and see things accurately. What's interesting is it's the exhalation of the breath that causes this shift. As we inhale, we actually nourish and energize our cells. But when we exhale, we tell the brain whether we want to calm down and approach things rationally or whether we want to stay in fight or flight. So it's the longer, slower exhalation deeper in the lungs, people usually call that belly breathing, that creates an almost immediate shifts. Some people can experience the shift in as little as two, their second exhalation. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm curious about how sighing becomes part of that shift. And when there's exasperated sighing happening in a meeting, um, that sounds different to me than what you just described. It's someone that's usually a, a recognition from my perspective that that person is in need or not being heard or possibly has something to say but doesn't want to say it. Um, and it can be accompanied by an eye roll, right? So what does that look like when someone's sighing? That's an exhalation. Are they shifting or are they shifting to someplace different? Well, Scott, if you were to sigh right now, and then also do a long, slow, deep exhalation, I think you would find they actually are a very different type of exhalation. Uh, And generally, a sigh comes with an audible sound higher in the chest, as opposed to a long exhalation or a yawn will come from deeper and lower in the chest. And I agree, sighing uh, frequently, my teaching as a um, psychotherapist is that when we sigh repeatedly, we have a frustration, an irritation, a resentment, or an anger that we haven't recognized how to articulate yet so that we can ask clearly for what we want. So I agree Someone is trying to put a bookmark in the conversation, but they're actually, I don't see that as a true exhalation. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Another form of uh, truly exhaling and getting a group to do it is actually laughter. In fact, they know laughter is the fastest way to bring an entire group 
out of that fight-or-flight defensive part of the brain because laughter is breathing and good deep laughter is mostly big exhalations. Hmm. No wonder I like to laugh so much. I I think that uh, humor is a huge part of my life. And uh, um, for me personally, uh, I feel very peaceful most of the time. And it's generally centered around myself and my family's ability to embrace humor and have a great time. And I try to incorporate that with my coaching clients as well when appropriate. It's uh, it's a powerful tool. I did not connect it with breathing, but that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Well, because the exhalation is what causes the shift, people that do aerobic exercise and they remember to breathe fully get the shift in what state of the brain they're in, humming, singing, whistling, all of those encourage um, exhalation and uh, can shift people out of defense into a calmer physiology. What's interesting... Oh, yeah. Go right ahead, Robin. What's interesting is because of the way our emotional brain, our limbic system is wired... We look to the people that we uh, would like approval from or would like to feel safer around. We actually look to them to identify what their breathing pattern is. So when we as leaders can have low, slow, regulated, calm breathing, we actually, without language, positively impact the breathing style of the people that we're working with. Hmm. I believe that. Yeah. I know as a mediator, it's important for me to be very calm going into conflict and trying to be impartial and not having my own emotional triggers triggered as a human being with what's going on in the room. And breathing is a big part of that process before you step into the room and people have said that, you know, your presence in the room was very calming and it helped the situation. And it always stems from that breathing. And I think that's part of why Rob and I start out this number one episode podcast with breathing, because it is the baseline for all good communications. Because if you're holding your breath or you're holding your voice, you're not able to express it in a constructive manner unless you're able to gather your thoughts through breathing and calm. And that is why great leaders know how to breathe through situations. And those aspiring leaders will learn that they will hold their breaths in times of stress and releasing it will allow them to be better leaders and be more of a a human being with other people who may be going through something. So Mm -hmm. it's important to set the tone through breath. I think one of the important practices, because at some level, we all know that if we belly breathe, we're going to shift into more accuracy and calm. How do we remind ourselves throughout the day to take a few long, slow, deep breaths, settle into our body, and just uh, relax even if it's for 30 seconds, to reset the brain. As long as we're hurried or worried or we're thinking about the next outcome, deadline, or project, we're actually rarely in that calm physiology. How do you remind yourself during the day? 
Well, I have several things. Uh, first of all, I have a pretty rock solid meditation practice. So every morning I'm in my meditation spot and I'm focused on my breath and that sets the tone for my day. I tend to look for things that bring me joy throughout the day and nature, uh, trees, birds, the sunshine, even the rain at times, you know, it brings me pleasure. And so I just check in and try to be really present with wherever I am and take a breath. When I take that breath, I know that I'm present because it's my trigger that I'm focused in the moment and not thinking about what was or what's to come. And those are things that I practice for myself that tend to keep me pretty grounded and focused on my, my inhalations and exhalations. How about you? What do you do? I have the same practice in the morning, actually before I get out of bed in the morning. Because while we're sleeping, we don't have full exhalations, we actually wake up with excess toxins in the lungs. So before I get out of bed, I try to remember to do two or three long, slow, deep exhalations. And then within the first hour of the morning, I'll do my morning breathing practice, meditation, mindfulness. Uh, I try, I strive for at least a 10 minute aerobic session sometime in the morning to get that oxygen distributed well throughout my body and all of my cells. And then when I'm working in my office, I have so many reminders up on the wall to breathe, relax my body, and vision my project or next activity is going well. When I'm on the road speaking during my afternoon break, I'll pull out my phone and I have all kinds of apps that will have to do with a breathing. And I'll do one for five or 10 minutes during my lunch break or before I get in my vehicle to drive home. Yeah, that's something I do as well that you bring up the speaking. You know, Robin and I are both professional speakers and corporate trainers and People are constantly asking us, you know, wow, I could never do that. Do you get nervous? Well, we do. And <laughs> breathing is what gets us through, actually. And like Robin, I do, I have a ritual before I, I get in front of an audience and uh, during an audience and even after an audience. I need to <clears throat> kind of let go of that experience after I'm done. And um, I'm glad you reminded me of that because that's really an important process for me in public speaking. Anxiety is the number one most uncomfortable emotion for most adults worldwide. The type of breathing that helps with anxiety is to do just what we've talked about, long, slow, deep belly breaths, but to focus on the exhalation. And so uh, a shout out to people that are working with moments of anxiety, focus on your breathing do 10 breaths and only focus on those 10 exhalations. That stabilizes the neurochemicals and reduces the adrenaline that causes a lot of the anxiety and increases the endorphins, the serotonin, and the opiates. And you just feel good from that. And I think that, uh, you know, the title of our podcast is Simple Leadership for Everyone. And this is about as simple as you can get. You don't need to spend any money. You don't need to go anywhere. You don't need to have any tools. You just need to breathe. So we want you to be breathing before 
every event. And I love the idea of breathing before getting out of bed. I'm going to start incorporating that. I think that's a fantastic suggestion, Robin. Start breathing before your conversations with uh, your um, coworkers or your boss. Start breathing before you get into traffic, right? Breathing in the car is really important in today's busy world. Think about your breaths and you'll automatically take deeper breaths. And I think that's what I'd like to leave you with today is just don't overthink this. If you want to do some exercises or you want to have more experience with this, you could certainly come to one of our workshops and we have some amazing tools to take you deeper into breathing and how it can outpicture good things in your life from that place. So be thinking about that as you move through your day to day and, um, you know, send us some suggestions of what you're doing for your breathing and uh, let us know what's working for you because we don't have all the answers, but we would love to know what you're doing that's working for you. Robin, anything you want to add in closing for people to follow through on? Oh, I do actually have two things I want to add, Scott. If you're not sure if you're chest breathing or belly breathing, lie down on the floor. Put a hand on your belly. When yeah. we lie on a hard surface on our back, we can we automatically start belly breathing. And mm. the last thing I want to share is this. Our top two human needs are to feel safe and to be loved. If we have grown up in a culture that decides we're more attractive or lovable, if we have a flat stomach, then you are very likely a chest breather because you've learned to pull your stomach in. And in order to become a belly breather, we have to relax the muscles around the lower area of our lungs. So as we do a true belly breath, as we inhale, the belly goes out right around your navel. So practice, if you're concerned about your belly sticking out, Practice in private. You'll get comfortable doing it in all kinds of places and in all kinds of ways. But I just want to acknowledge there's a lot of pressure to not have a belly that that protrudes. And with real belly breathing, it needs to. Thanks, Scott. Great tip. Great tip. Thank you. Well, okay. We're going to wrap it up for today. Thank you for listening. And we look forward to your suggestions. Remember to be respectful to yourself and others, be kind to yourself and others, and stay engaged, and we'll see you next time on Simple Leadership for Everyone. Have a good day, everyone. Bye, everyone.